everybody, and welcome to the Fantasizers, the offseason. With me, I have my handsome, sometimes absent co-host, Christopher Michael. What's up? What's going on? <laughs> nice to have you, man. Nice yeah, to well, you know, I'm here. Hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, I mean, it's the offseason. Yeah. We got it. We have vacations. We have uh, you know, a lot of uh, weddings. Uh, a lot yeah. of weddings. We do have a lot of weddings this this year, actually. Yeah, it's um, crazy. Love <laughs> in the air, and so is the boards. Um, <laughs> as uh, as as well, I have randomly, dude. What's going on? Oh, you know, another day in the office. Uh, it's good to see everyone this time. It's nice, you know. You guys have been traveling a lot. You're uh, yeah, we have been, and you're not in an office. You're in uh, you're in your bedroom. Um, no, no. <laughs> um, well, he is our sports better, so I guess he doesn't really have to leave his room. But... Anyways, uh, hey, Hollywood, dude, what's going on? You know, I'm just chilling, man. Just taking it easy. Yeah. Crazy! You guys are going to a lot of weddings this season. I, I haven't got a single invitation to one. <laughs> well, not not one. I think the one that you're referencing, I, I don't, it's not this summer, so it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. not even set. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> we also uh, we, we're waiting on Derek Jeter to be the. Uh, yeah, I don't even know where to mail letters anymore. He's not with Miami. Oh, he's moved on, huh? He's he's probably on the side of the road picking up trash. Oh, I don't. Oh, because of the, because of the fans, I get it. Um, and, and and last but certainly not least, it looks like he's jamming on a guitar here. Goatee guru, rocking out with my draft out. Oh, he's he is ready. He is so in his element right now. And oh, my, my God, watching him do that just made me shrivel up. Um, boys. We have the draft tomorrow, right? It's tomorrow. It's, it's draft Eve. It's draft Eve. It's a big day. It's a huge day for uh, for our own Mr. Guru Goatee, Goatee of the Gurus. But we, as always, need to stick with it um, and go into opinions and observations. And also, after that, Stay tuned for a draft special from Goatee Guru and Brandon Lee. But, boys, let's jump into our opinions and observations. I'm going to leave it open. Round Robin. Round Robin. I see Goatee Guru with a hand up. Hand up. Yes. start with Guru. Okay, so my first opinion slash observation is that when you go, opinions and observations, uh, that we need to have some sort of, like, intro music with that going forward. Um so that's that's my first one. I'm sorry, is it not good enough for you? No, it just needs a little something in the background. Actually, that's why I was jamming on the guitar. I was trying to Brandon, come up with something me, for you. Brandon, drop me a beat. Drop me a beat. Do a pop, 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 a Super excited about the uh, first round kicking off tomorrow for the NFL draft. Um, actually, one of my other observations, and 
opinions this this year is the NBA playoffs are much more exciting this year. Okay, there I have uh, I have lost some touch with the playoffs because it just hasn't caught my attention recently. Um, but it's it's fresh. We have no LeBron, which is nice, and uh, you got some young talent in there just showing out. It's fun. Um, is this because your team, the Timberwolves, have finally made it? No, my my team actually made it a few years back when Jimmy Butler was there. But um, oh, oh, sorry, Guru, I see a hand. It's me. It's my hand. It's my hand. Go ahead, go ahead, Christian. I want to run off from that. Okay, if you don't mind, good to you. No, no, I well, I mind, but I'm gonna let you do it anyway. I also, I am with you on that. I have actually paid attention a little bit, and I've watched some games. I've stayed up late. And I, my observation is Victor Oladipo is back, baby. He's back. Huh? Did you see him? Did you see him? On the mass Singer game. or what? Was he, he back? He had a good game. He had a good game. I'll give it to you. But he's, he's, he's a man. No, so can I, can, I finish my, can I finish my observation, though? Can I finish? Okay. All right. All right. So before I was very, very, uh, well, actually it wasn't very rudely. It was very politely interrupted. Um, thank you. Uh, (laughs) I, uh, no, what I wanted to say was obviously I am a Timberwolves fan, so I've been watching that series a little bit more than the rest of them, but every game has been exciting minus game three. I think it was when, uh, Memphis torched us, but, uh, no, it's been it's been really exciting coming down right to the wire. Fast paced, like there's no half court sets in that game at all. They just play transition ball the entire game. Refs are letting them play, not calling fouls every time down the court, which is lovely. And uh, people are just making dagger threes. Ja, ja Morant is absurd, absurd going to the to the rim. Um, some of the some of the finishes he's had during this series are insane. Anthony Edwards showing that spotlight's not too big for him, and it's just been it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Memphis can shoot. Memphis, uh, Minnesota, Minnesota seems to be the more talent. Not I don't want to say talented, but they seem to be the more complete team in the sense that they have jumped out to a, a lead in in every game. Every game they've jumped out to a good lead and Memphis just comes storming back because they're just, they're a team that gets hot. And when they get hot, good luck stopping them. But it, it's a lot of fun. I've been trying to tell you guys this forever. The NBA is great. The NBA is great. But Hollywood, I see a very nice, quiet hand, so calmly raised. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so, is it? No, I, I, don't, I don't watch NBA. I don't like the NBA. But is the game different now than in the 90s? I mean, obviously I know it is. But is it just me or it seems like so many of the stars and the big names are injured all the freaking time. They get rested. That's the problem. Well, no, no, they don't. Like, I've seen, like, so many people, like, oh, they're questionable for for this game or, or, you know, they might have to sit because they they tweak their pinky toe. Yeah, so uh, that's on shooting foot. That's what I would say is that they, with the training, like the trainers and everything like that, and the coaching staff and even the organizations now are more, 
scared. They're more, yeah, they're more, and they're they're a little bit more scared to risk a big injury. So they, the questionable tags and all that, or sore sitting because of sore back. Um, the mindset's changed. You know, yes, the mindset. Back in the nineties, if you sat, you were a you were a p word. Um. Yeah, I agree. I mean, people played through injuries, but we. That's why you also saw. I mean some shorter careers out of out of great players um but you know i kind of agree like i'm glad that they got rid of the load management um sitting that uh Kawhi leonard and lebron did all a couple years back they got rid of that which is a good thing but now it's you know they're sitting because oh they they're you know broken fingernail and it's basically the same thing as load. it's the same so, thing it's just their right. their way of hiding and, it right so um so yeah i that's one thing that I would like to eliminate um, is you know being able to sit them for something so weak and little like that. But I don't think you can. Um, but yeah, now the game this these playoffs actually is kind of taking it back to old school. There there's some hard fouls. There's some chippiness going on, which is fun, right? I think it's fun to watch basketball players kind of go at each other a little bit and get a little chippy. Can I make one more observation, real quick? If you haven't watched any of those games between the Timberwolves and the, and the Grizzlies, you got to tune in just to watch Carl Anthony Towns and John Morant's fathers go at it. It is funny. It is so funny. They sit right beside each other and they argue the entire game long. They're they're really good friends, but they just argue the whole time. It's funny. Yeah, I saw I saw the thing on uh, Instagram on that. Um, Anybody else? Anybody else with an opinion and/or observation? Brandon Lee, you've been sitting so patient. Good for you. Here you go. Yeah, my mom raised me right. Nice. Um, I have two actually. The first one's real quick. Uh, Josh, love the glasses. Thanks, dude. Thank you. Um, you know, they're a new look. Actually, I'm going. I'm going to a rave this weekend, so I. Uh, oh. I, I might even like. I might even skip out and put on. The top that I'm gonna to wear too. It's a nice. It's a nice little button. Yeah, it's so cool. I just figured you were getting ready for Coachella. I, I wish. It, well, no, that's is that now. I just thought cool? you were trying to be John Lennon or Elton John or it, somebody. Actually, no, it's John Lennon. Um, no, it could be either one. No, it's John Lennon. No, it could be either one. No, it actually. Well, says, they're not red. It actually says John Lennon. Um. So go. Anyway, so, so my I'll, second one. Um, <laughs> have you guys paid attention to the uh, the NIL deals that's been going around now that you know college athletes can actually get paid and, and sign con- uh, contracts with companies and everything? It's really kind of cool. I know it's controversial, but some of these guys, you know, and, and women actually have been, have been making a, a lot of money. Actually, the highest paid one that I've found is a gymnast, which is surprising because usually they don't get paid anything. Um, but I mean, like Miami quarterback, Derek King, hitting a deal with college hunks, 20 grand. Yeah. I'd take that in college, you know, Mark, uh, Trey Knox, like getting with Pet Smart, uh, Kellen Grady, the Kentucky basketball player there signing with, uh, I slides, you know, so he's got, he's getting free slides and everything. Has anybody signed with, uh, Sean Clifford's Sean Clifford, the Penn state quarterback. He just started a. NIL business no, why agency. No, 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 no. He, he, he would be signing them. He started an NIL agency. He's still in oh, college, yeah. but he. 
so he's the Lavar Ball. Of, okay. <laughs> but the biggest one that I saw worth a million dollars, LSU gymnast um, Olivia Dunn. I, now I don't know if you guys follow gymnastics, but I mean, she's amazing anyway. But okay. worth a million dollars with Viore. Pretty awesome, right? College. That's... She uh, she wasn't an Olympian either. I mean, she she will be. Does she look good? Is that I what it is? It was, it was between Biore and Summer's Eve. It could have been, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, yeah. Sure, sure. You didn't answer my question. Does Does she look good? Is that why? Well, probably. She's probably a really good looking woman. So let's not take that away from the amazing gonna, that she I'm is. We love women way. here. Um, you know, we, we, we support, we support and celebrate women here in women's sports. Um, yeah, but you yeah, know, kudos, kudos to Biore, right? Like that's, that's pretty cool to go out cool. and do that. And, you know, I think, uh, yeah, you got to give it up to, you know, the girl, the Olympics for, I think putting gymnastics and, and, and all that really on a pedestal with, with the mental health, I mean, I know there was controversy in that with her sitting, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I think that vaulted the sport into good, nice good job. Category. So can I just say, I just looked up Olivia Dunn. Uh, she might be a good gymnast g- gymnast. She's a huge TikTok personality. That's probably why she got signed. Uh, oh, that's, that's sweet. Too. Hey, but even, you know what? Hey, even hey, still, hey, hey, make your money, right? I mean, that's right. TikTok's the way to do it, you know, nowadays. So, I still think um, it's really cool that it's it's just yeah, bringing so, a positive light to gymnastics instead oh, of yeah. everything that's been negative in the past. You know, with with everything that's going on. So. And and to women and to women's sports, right? I mean, seriously, right? Let's uh, listen. I I am gonna move away from this just because I have an an opinion. An opinion, I would say. Um, I don't think that there's anything better than sports betting at the beginning of the MLB season. Because you – What? False. No, no, no. Let me tell you what. Because, especially this year, because if you take the Yankees winning a money line and parlay it with Boston losing, oh, my God, you're making so much money. Boston <laughs> sucks. Oh, my, they are so bad. I'll tell you what. They, they are – are one game away from being tied with the Orioles. They're one game away from being tied with the Orioles. They are terrible, which is just great, right? Oh, Trevor Story, everybody was heartbroken. The Yankees didn't get him. He guy sucks, right? He's terrible. So, I, see you later, right? I'll stick with our team. Thanks so much. And, and go fuck yourself, uh, massholes. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you will. Anyway. <laughs> so, that's, that's my opinion. Yeah, you know? so- I like where you went with it. I would still say probably March Madness basketball is the best thing. Oh, yeah, no, I was totally, you know, just for the story and the really shit on Boston. But um, no, I definitely love where you went. Go Yanks. Go, uh, go, King, go King Rizzo. Huh? Yeah, Big Tony. You know what I mean? And uh, King of the Short Porch. Huh? Three home runs last night. That's so so I've, got, I've got two observations real quick. And I, I was going to, I was going to, do them in a different order, but since we're on the topic, I'll, I'll bust this one out first, and then I've got a second one that's not as controversial. But my first one, 
can we cancel the Yankees yet? Like, can that? Can we go ahead and just kick them the fuck out? Because they're. What's your next one? Major League Baseball. And let's move on. Yep. You know, salary cap issue. Can I actually? The fans are trash. And then, and then they get caught. No, they, we just throw trash. The same, year, the same year as the Astros, and nothing happens. It's like, ah, oh, it's the Yankees. It's fine. Nothing happened to the Astros either. I do have a, uh, an observation, actually. If um, one team that needs to completely relocate um, to a new stadium, new city, everything, uh, the Seattle Mariners. And anything no, else in Seattle, I would say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you know, Marshawn Lynch is an owner of the Kraken. Left, uh, you know, I mean, everybody should just leave that place. It's, yeah, but we got the Kraken now. It's, it's Marshawn Lynch is a part owner. <laughs> we got the Kraken. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Uh, Hollywood, do you have another one? That yeah, so my so my second one is uh, it's going to be a kind of kind of weird, but follow me here on this one. So I hate the way that golf does the world golf rankings. It is the worst. And if you don't know how they do it, so basically it's like a running point system for two years. So your points stay there for two years. So if you don't play for an entire year, you still stay on that list depending on the points you've built up. And the reason I bring that up is because back in like 08, time frame my boy phil mickelson was so close to being world number one he was within a point of tiger woods but because tiger woods was so dominant before that he had all those back issues he sat he only played in like seven events one year but he remained world number one until lee freaking westwood took over world number one but I'll say that I like what's happening now in golf, where you have these guys like Scotty Scheffler coming out and taking over world number one, John Rahm, world number one. I feel like that's a good reflection of golf. It's jumping around. One person's not holding on to it. It just speaks to Tiger's dominance. I mean, I was looking it up. I was doing the research. Ridiculous. Tiger Woods has more wins, tournament wins, than he has missed cuts in his career. And, and that is why he's the, the like, it, it's ridiculous. But I just, I just can't believe that this it's a golf world where Phil Mickelson was never world number one, but we have guys like Scotty Scheffler who, yeah, he's really good right now, but he's just one of these guys who's having a hot streak right now or, or Lee Westwood. Right. You know, so agreed. I mean, I mean that, that just goes to show, I mean, Phil can never, you know, he can't do it. Can't handle it. You know, he should just go to the champions tour and clean up there my lord um he, he does he does or saudi he just arabia started, or, his own tour, yeah. or saudi arabia yeah let's just do that yeah um all right guys well that will do it for our and uh how and hollywood are you texting me right now are you? Uh, I don't think so. I, I just got a I just got a breaking news update. Josh, do you want to read this breaking news update? Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. Did you send it to me? 
Yeah. My phone's dead. Right. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Josh, it. You didn't send me anything. It's coming to you. It's subject showdown subject. corner number four. Drop a I want the Andy I want the Andy Bernard. I'm rooting for that one so hard. I really want to do that one. I want to be a part of that one. Number three, best franchises. Number four, fixing the MLB. Number five, the best five U.S. states. Number six, the top five sports movies of all time. And number seven, the top five arcade games. Let's go, Ducks. The anticipation is killing me. Brandon Lee, are you ready? We'll find out. Number, Number three. three. No, that was a picture of boobs that I actually just put in there. It's just fun. <laughs> oh. Number three, best franchises. Best franchises. Franchises. So, so what do you guys want? What are you thinking? Top five, top ten. Uh, I'm gonna. I want five. Top five. I, I would be open to ten, being the, that it's not just sports franchises, right? It can be any kind of franchise. Oh. Hey, you son of a stop! Damn it! Oh, damn it. <laughs> Stupid. Top ten. Top ten. Top ten, and if we're going franchises like that, it's not, it doesn't have to be sports franchises. I like it. Know your audience. Oh, boy. All right. I like that. Top ten franchises, and yeah. we have Hollywood. Redlines Company. Let's go. Redlines <laughs> Company. Um, we have Hollywood versus Brandon Lee. Hollywood is going for a clean sweep here. Um, I finished. Oh, he's up, and Brandon Lee, you have two more. Oh. You have time. You've got to be. Oh. Well. Oh, man. All right. Well, that'll do it. A, a great surprise uh, showdown drawing there. But we need to catch a break. 
my producer is just screaming in my ear. Um, and so, and, and so we, we need to go to break. We need to do it. Okay. We will come back with a NFL draft special with our very own Goatee Guru and Brandon Lee. Stay tuned. What is up? We are back here on the Fantasizers podcast, and it is time for our draft special, the Draft Eve edition. This is this is the big one. This is the big one you've all been waiting for. I've been waiting for. Brandon Lee's been waiting for. After two months of of footballless uh, life, we are going to get a little bit of a something to scratch the itch for three days and it's going to be great. So Brandon Lee, are you ready to do this thing? I I am itchy. I'm ready to scratch. You're so ready to scratch. We're going to pinch and roll. We're going to do it all. Okay. So you're just going to, you're going to want to, you're going to want to stick around. Absolutely. So it's draft special. Your goatee guru, Brandon Lee. We're gonna run you down. We're gonna run you down through uh, through some of our uh, opinions on the NFL draft. We're gonna each provide you with our own mock draft, and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna have some fun here. So Brandon Lee, we're gonna start off. We're just gonna talk. We're we're just gonna kind of communicate. We're gonna speak to each other about uh about some about some players. We're gonna yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do that. We're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about some players that that uh, we like uh, in this draft, and um, we're gonna keep it we're gonna keep it small. So let's just talk about guys that are potential first round picks. Who are who are a couple that you're real high on? Oh, Sauce Gardner, dude, favorite player in this draft. Absolutely love him. Um, I mean, you're gonna hear me talk more about him as it goes, but the the dude to me is the best defensive back in this draft. Um, I mean, covers well. <laughs> he, he, he's quick. He, he he's got good hands. Um, love this guy. He's long. He's long. Six foot three. And you know me as a Seahawks fan. Back with Legion of Boom, we like those long, lanky corners. So I, I, I am in love. Yeah, and I think, starting. I think Sauce is a guy that um, you know, he's he's best. He can play off absolutely can play off the off the line of scrimmage but i think he's best when he gets up and he's physical with the off the line um didn't allow a single touchdown in college that it, that's absurd that's an incredible stat and uh yeah no i agree he's there's there's two there's two elite level corners in this draft i think he probably i think he probably takes the top spot um but yeah I, I agree. He's he's one I like too. Uh, one one that I really like, really like in this draft, um, like I mentioned in the past, is Nicobe Dean. I really like Nicobe Dean. Um, I've heard the possible or possibility that he may slip out of the first round, and I assume that's just because of his size. Um, because there's no doubt this kid can play. He he flies all over the field, makes tackles. He plays bigger than he is. Uh, he can he can stick his nose in the run game. Very good in coverage, sideline to sideline. He's fast. He's he's just 
he's going to be a baller for whoever he goes to. Uh, I, I really like Nicobe Dean. Um, and I think, I think he's worthy of a first round pick. I think he's worthy of a mid first round pick, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he's, he's my, my second favorite player in this draft. I have, I, I I'm giving you my three. I don't want to say my three favorites because my third favorite, um, in this draft is is one that I'm not really kind of going to talk about too much because everybody's talking about him. So, yeah, but Nicobe Dean, love him. A little undersized, but he makes the plays. Uh, I, I'd be welcoming welcome him to Seattle with open arms. Come on in, man. All right, so if, if he was your second uh, and you don't want to discuss the third at the moment, um, I will give you my second. Um, my second favorite player as far as uh, just – what I think he's going to bring to the field in this, in this draft is Traylon Burks from Arkansas. I really, really like Traylon Burks reminds me a lot. I'm a 49er fan reminds me a lot of Debo Samuel. Um, he think you, he's a weapon. He's just a weapon. He, he can, he can do everything you need to do in the passing game as a receiver. He can do everything you need him to do at, out of the backfield. You can run jet motions with him. You can line him up in the backfield, hand it to him. You can, toss you can do anything you want uh you know jet sweeps quick screens anything this this guy you get the ball in his hands and he's a playmaker uh so i i really like i really like what Traylon burks can do and i think if he goes to the right right scheme he's going to be a monster yeah so number three for me i do like Traylon burks a lot but number three for me um is sky Moore. dude is just an elite level when it comes to his shiftiness I mean that dude can can just fake out anyone. I, I mean you can put anybody on him. I think he's gonna win that battle. He's not super big, but he's quick. He gets off uh, gets off the line real well. You can press him. You can get play off him. Doesn't matter. He's beating you. Yeah, he kind of kind of reminds me a little bit of of almost like a like a Jalen Waddle. Um, so you know he's he has he's he's probably a little bit more shifty than Waddle. But he's—it's just the short area quickness. Um, I don't want to say Tyreek Hill because I know Tyreek Hill is extremely shifty, but I don't think he's quite to that level. So that's why I'm saying Jalen Waddle. Um, but I agree—he's—he's he's definitely in in contention to be a first round pick. Um, there's a couple teams picking at the end of the first round that that definitely would be a good fit for him. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens on draft day. I could see him going anywhere from excuse me, from the late first round to uh, like the middle of the second. I, I think he, that's his, his range is probably about from 25, uh, 24 out to probably like 42 range, I would say. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. Um, I mean, I, I, not giving out where he's going, but I have him in the first round. Um, you know, you'll, you guys will hear about that here in a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him fall into the second. Um, as a Seahawks fan with an early second-round pick, I'd be okay with it. Um, I don't think they're going to go with it. But yeah. It'd be something I'd be excited if they did. Yeah, I I, uh, I think I think those are those are some good good picks. Um, if I have to pick a third one, um, I was I actually only prepared two, so this is going off the top of my head. But off a third one that I like would probably be Quay Walker. From Georgia, uh, and I know I picked a Georgia linebacker earlier with Nicobe Dean, but I like what Quay, Quay Walker can do 
um, in pass coverage. And I think if he plays in a three, four and you put him off the edge, um, he's just a, he's nonstop. Like the guy has a a nonstop motor. Um, not exactly a polished pass rusher per se. Doesn't seem to, doesn't seem to like have, you know, most pass rushers, when they go in, they have a, up an idea of what their first move is going to be and what their counter move is going to be. Quay Walker, I feel like just sees red and goes in there. Like he's, he's the bull chasing the the flag, you know what I mean? But, um, but he's nonstop, no quit in the kid. And uh, I think, I think he can be coached up and he can be a really good player. Um, and I, like I said, talking about potential first round rounders, I do have him in my first round as well. So we'll get to that later. But uh, Brandon Lee, who do you got? that maybe you're not so high on in the first round? Um, you know, that one's kind of tough, but there's one guy that I actually had fall quite a bit. Um, you know what? I'm going to leave that one because I think that'll be a shock as it goes. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip that one. There's a guy um, that's in here that probably is going to be a pretty good player. I am just hesitant um based on injury so i'm not real high on him um and that's drake london so i I think he's gonna be a good player i don't think he's gonna be what he would have been if he didn't have that ankle injury that's that's fair um you know it's a little nerve-wracking that he didn't run a 40 being that he's a big guy you kind of want to see how fast that guy can run i'm sure he's not a blazer I think we both know he's not a blazer, but I, you know, if he could run a mid four five, um, I would, I'd be, I'd be happy with that at his size. And we know he can play. Um, he, it actually, it's funny because this was my, my comp for him before, but I actually saw uh, earlier today that somebody else comped the same guy, which was, uh, you know, validating for me, I guess. Um, but he reminds me a little bit of, Larry Fitzgerald later in his career. Um, so it not, not early freak athlete, Larry Fitzgerald, but Larry Fitzgerald, when he kicked in and started playing in the slot more, that's kind of what I see with Drake London. I think London can play on the outside. I'm not saying that he can't, I'm just saying he reminds me of the player Fitzgerald was when he came into the slot. Uh, just he's, that's a really good comparison, actually. I didn't even like I'd never thought about that. But I mean, yeah, that's and I guess in a way that's kind of uh, where I have him going is is, uh, is is kind of what I was hoping they would use him as. So I mean that that's that makes me feel a lot better about the pick that I have. <laughs> so well, I'm glad I could uh, validate you now too because. Um, no, I thought I saw that earlier and I was like, oh, you know, I've, I've kind of been, you know, thinking that the entire time. That's that's kind of who I envisioned, uh, you know, Drake London to be and to hear them say it, it was pretty cool. But anyway, um, so I, I have I really only have one player that I I'm not very high on um, in, in the first that that's a potential first round pick. And it's not, it's not, it's not to say that he's, he's not talented. 
Um, and I know you're probably going to have an opinion on this, but it's Kair Elam from Florida. When I watch Kair Elam, he's a good player and he shows he's got flashes where he shows he's, he's an excellent corner, but then he's got other times where he just looks out of position and lost a little bit out there. And I think he's worthy of, of being an early day two pick, you know, being in the second round. Um, but I think that he probably goes in the first just because it's not a real high, a top heavy corner class. So somebody's going to probably reach on him, but I just, I don't know. I, from what I've seen of him, I, I don't love his game. If that makes sense. I like his Um, game. I don't love it. So, I mean, being a Gators fan and watching him. Yeah. He does have those moments of, do you even know where you are right now on the field? But I think he's uh, he's a very coachable kid. Um, so and he's got a lot of upside that I, I think he's going to transition in the NFL and he's going to be fine. First year might be a little bumpy for him, but I think he's going to settle in and be in a, a pretty good corner. Not probably not uh, you know an elite guy, but he's going to be a solid maybe number two. You know you one know. one thing that uh, that may kind of be subconscious to my my thought on him is uh his last name elam and the school he came from uh because i believe matt elam right was from florida and he uh he was a bust in the nfl so um maybe maybe that's part of it i don't know but when i watch him i just don't i don't see i don't see a first round talent i see a guy that was probably better suited to go like middle of day two maybe even late day two. Um, he's, he's good and he'll, he'll be an NFL player. I just don't think he'll ever be a, I don't think he'll ever be like a pro bowl caliber player. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's fair, but I know Florida's pretty consistent putting out corners. So I, I'm willing to give him a chance. Yep. Um, and just, just watching him each week. I mean, I, I see so many flashes and, and just so much potential in him that it'd be tough not to, to maybe take a chance. Fair enough. All right, so those are a couple guys uh, that we like and don't like that are potential first-rounders. You know, there's varied opinions across uh, the experts and uh, and obviously with ourselves, too. So um, we'll see tomorrow what NFL teams think. If uh, if they're they're feeling confident in these guys, they're going to draft them. So and they have more information than we do. Right. So we'll, we'll see. But that's going to lead us to the next part of our uh, our draft special here. Uh, Brandon, we're going to talk about some bold predictions. I want three bold predictions from you, and I want three locks that you think are guaranteed it's going to happen. What you got for me? Three bold – you want three bold predictions. Three bold predictions. Wow. If you don't have three, that's fine, but – up to right. three. How about up to three? One, there's going to be four quarterbacks taken in the first round. Okay. Um, I almost want to say that's a lock, but I'm not. I, I There's going to be four quarterbacks taken. I'm not going to name who they are because one of them, I'm pretty sure you, you don't think is going to be in the in the first round. That's that's okay, but, but they don't give away anything for your mock, so. Correct. Uh, I think – in the top 10, there's going to be at least three trades. 
Pro- probably more. I see in just the top ten, I see four that I know I have for a potential trade. Um, but I, I mean, realistically, I can see a lot more. I would consider that a, a definite bold prediction um, because I actually think we're going to see less. Um, just because it's not a, there's not any super highly talented quarterbacks in this draft. Um, and that's usually what teams are moving up for. But I, I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe two. That, that's my guess. But that's, uh, but that's why it's a bold prediction, right? Yeah. And um, so that'll be it for my bold predictions. But my lock, my guaranteed absolute lock, Seattle will trade at least two first-round picks. So you're saying they're going to trade back and then trade back again? They're, or they're potentially trade, trade up? And... They're going to trade up and trade back. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. There's, they're moving twice in the first round. Okay. Is that is that your only lock, or did you have more? No, my other lock is Malik Willis is the first quarterback taken. Okay. All right. So, no, I mean, I, I, I can definitely see Seattle. They – John Schneider loves to loves to trade. <laughs> that guy, that guy can't sit still. I think he's got ants in his pants or something, and he's just got to pick up a phone. Carol, I mean, I was listening to his his last press conference that he had, and he's like, "Yeah, we're excited." Uh, he goes, "Not just about the players, you know, potential to move. You know, I mean, we, there's a lot of guys that want to move up, so we might be able to move back. Yep, grab something more." <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's that's him. You know what I mean? So, all right, so. I have I have three bold predictions. I have three locks. Um, I'm gonna start with my bold predictions. Um, my bold predictions are there are zero quarterbacks that go in the top ten tomorrow. Um, that is that is my my prediction. Uh, we'll see, and probably won't happen. But it's that's why it's a bold prediction. Uh, number bold and capital letters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number two would be at least seven wide receivers go tomorrow in round one, which is a big number for for most years. Wide receivers, you don't usually see that many come off the board. I think at least seven tomorrow. And my last bold prediction is that the injured Jamison Williams goes in the top 15 picks. Because if Jamison... Williams was not injured, he would be a top 10 pick, guaranteed. Oh, guaranteed. Probably top five, actually. Yep. So, those are my three bold predictions. Uh, My locks. Jordan Davis does not fall past pick 14, which currently belongs to the Baltimore Ravens. Number two is Kyle Hamilton does not go in the top 10 picks. And my last lock is that Derek Stingley Jr. does go in the top 10 picks. Very nice. So that's what I got. Um, we'll see what happens tomorrow. I feel pretty confident with my locks, obviously. That's why I put them as locks. But the bull predictions... Um, Just notice I haven't argued. Gut feeling. You're right. You're right. So it makes me wonder what's what's going to happen later on when we get to these. A little these. bit different than the mock drafts you've seen doing the uh, last couple of weeks here. Yep, and I think you're going to see the same for mine. So, um, like we talked about, we did the alternating, and we kind of had to play off of each other. Whereas now we can kind of arrange it the way that we see that we that we see it 
happening, right? So it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Brandon Lee, you're on the clock with Jacksonville Jaguars, number one pick in the mock draft. We're going to see what you got. I'm excited to hear it. Stick, stick around. Stay tuned. All right, and we're back with the NFL Draft Special here on TFP Nation, the Fantasizers podcast. Uh, glad to have you, YouTube. Glad to have you, Spotify, Anchor. And uh, we're going to get right to it. Brandon Lee has his official 2022 NFL mock draft handwritten on one of Hollywood's napkins that he stole from the corner and uh we're gonna see what he's got here brandon lee who's going number one to jacksonville number one to jacksonville i know there's been a lot of talk and this is smokescreen time of year so i chose not to believe a lot of that and i think they're gonna go with their initial gut reaction and they're gonna take the edge rusher aiden hutchinson um, that brings us down to, you know, Detroit Lions. And they're going to be thrilled. I mean, Detroit's really in the position now where they're taking whatever Ed Rusher Jacksonville does not. Um, and in this case, <clears throat> they're taking the, the next Ed Rusher on the table, and that's going to be uh, Trayvon, Trayvon Walker. So brings us to number three, Houston Texans. First potential trade of the draft. Um, is I see Houston flipping first-round picks with Atlanta, and Atlanta probably throwing in you know a second, maybe even the next year's first. I'm not sure. I didn't really go into what they're going to throw since we're not adding trades, but that this is a potential one I could see Atlanta moving up the board, trying to get ahead of Carolina if they want to take their quarterback. That that's where I could see there. Um, but because this is a no trade. That's an interesting. That's an interesting one. Yeah, right. You know, um, you know, because this is not a, uh, you, you know, we're not doing trades in this one. Houston's going to stay put, and they're going to go with Icky Aquanu. Beast. It's different, right? He's a beast. I've been, I've, I've been pretty consistent with that pick. All. I think. All, yeah, I think you. I think you went uh, in the defensive backfield, right? Most of the time. I did. Changing it up a little bit, but I like it. I mean, I think they're going to be thrilled with it. Uh, so it brings us to four New York Jets. Jets. I mean, in every mock draft I've had, this I've put the same guy. Right, they're taking the top corner, and they're going to go with Sauce Gardner. It, it seems like a dreamy fit with uh with Robert it Sala. It, it really does. Um, so number five, New York Giants on the clock. This is another potential trade opportunity. Again, Atlanta trying to move up ahead of Carolina. So I can see them flipping. Might be a little bit easier to get the Giants pick over the, the Texans. They may not have to give up as much. And the Giants can move back, have back-to-back picks, um, and might be able to get the same guy that they're looking at at this pick right now a little bit back and pick them up at seven instead of eight. So... 
that's that's a potential one I can see if Houston doesn't accept that trade early on. So at five, the Giants are going to take Evan Neal. Okay. Which brings us to Carolina. The reason Atlanta wants to get ahead of Carolina is they want to take that quarterback, right? I don't see them. If Carolina takes this quarterback, I don't see Atlanta actually drafting quarterback. I think this is the one that they want if they're going to take one at all. And Carolina selects Malik Willis. First quarterback off the board at number six to Carolina. Number seven. Again, potential trade opportunity. This time, again for a quarterback. Now the now sitting a little bit lower on the on the uh, order, they're kind of getting nervous. Uh oh, in, in the top six, there was a quarterback taken. I don't know. Atlanta's kind of quarterback needy, so maybe we move up ahead of them. New Orleans trying to get up, take that seven spot ahead of the uh, Atlanta Falcons looking for their quarterback. That, that's a potential trade that I see. As you said earlier, they move up a lot for quarterbacks, and there's a couple of quarterback new teams. We'll just find out how desperate they are. And, and with New Orleans, they might want to move up and give a little bit of competition to Winston just to see what they can pull from him. So, but no trades in this one. So I say number seven, New York Giants, taking top edge rusher at that point. Kayvon Thibodeau. Now it brings us to eight. At Atlanta. Atlanta. They were sitting there, you know, with put there. They've been trying. They've been you ringing the phones. They've been trying to move up. Nothing's happening, right? There's been no trades thus far. Board's falling this way. They couldn't get their quarterback. They're not going to settle. They're not going to settle. So they're going to go an alternative route, fill another need that they need. And they're going to take cornerback Derek Stingley. Oh, okay. Not the not the way I thought you were going to go, but I definitely could see them doing that. Put a, You book on A.J. Terrell and Derek Stingley, and your your corners are set. That's right. That's right. Yeah. See, there's a couple of, couple of surprises in this one here, Goatee. All right, so that brings us to the, probably the greatest team to ever step on a football field. At the 49ers nine, the don't have a first-round pick. No, 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 no. At number nine, the Seattle Seahawks. This is a potential trade, and if I'm being honest, probably an actual realistic trade. Maybe not with this team, but this this pick is probably being traded. Um, so my trade potential is with Washington. With, with Washington and their needs and the team that's directly ahead of them, the Jets, kind of having that same need that they have. Maybe Washington wants to get ahead of them, make sure that they can get them. Maybe. Um, now, the way I have my board falling, they don't need to. But this is all a mind game, right? you got smoke screens going on, right? Washington might fall for it, might have to uh, – spend what they have to move up. But no trades. Seattle takes Jermaine Johnson at number nine. They don't so they, they don't they don't Sorry. need to do that. They don't need a they don't need any edge rushers. Uh, I would be 
never really gone offensive line. Not under that, so, not under that uh, regime. No, and with with offensive line being kind of you know fairly deep in this draft, they might wait and see if they can get something in the second round. So, um, I think they're going to try to get you know a, one of the top <clears throat> top edge rushers if they can. So that brings us to ten New York Jets. Washington's it's kind of sitting on pins and needles, right? They're nervous. They don't have to be nervous. Because the New York Jets at number 10 are taking wide receiver Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. That, that's your uh, first receiver off the board, correct? First receiver off the board. So, number 11, potential trade. Washington, they can breathe. Right? They can breathe. Their guy didn't get taken. And looking at who's behind them, they're not worried. They're not worried. They're willing to move back to 14 as Baltimore wants to come on up. Baltimore is a little concerned because Minnesota follows Washington. They might go after the guys they want. But I digress. <laughs> so Washington at 11 selects linebacker Devin Lloyd. Minnesota is going to take that player that Baltimore really wanted, but they couldn't make that trade happen, so sucks to be Baltimore. Minnesota drafts cornerback Trent McDuffie. Ooh. I just I look at his name, man. He just looks like a Viking to me. I don't know. Okay. Everything I see about it, I can just see the purple behind him. I think you did that in the alternating mock draft. I sure as hell I think did. you did, yeah. Houston brings us back up. And Houston, so consistently I've been taking this guy, but I've been taking him at three. This time he falls out of the top ten. Houston is pumped. Right? They are pumped. They got a stud beast of an offensive lineman. They now get a golden domer. Kyle Hamilton. The Golden Domer from Notre Dame. Yes, sir. So that brings Baltimore up. And Baltimore, a little disappointed that they couldn't bring in Trent McDuffie. But they're not they're not going to dwell on it because they're bringing in some big beast of a boy to fill that middle of the line. Big old man stopping that run, blowing it up. Devontae Wyatt heading to Baltimore. Oh, not where I thought you were going, but I like it. A couple of surprises, baby. So that brings us to 15, where I can, again, see a potential trade. Another quarterback to take needy team. Moving up with 16 sitting there. With New Orleans sitting at 16, the pick just after. You know they're quarterback heavy. They attempted to move up earlier in the draft, right? So... Who's going to jump out in front of New Orleans to try to take a quarterback? Why not Pittsburgh? They could use one. Is Mitch Trubisky the answer? I don't believe so. So, I could see that one at 15. Trying to move up. I mean, they might even try to move up earlier if they can, but 15 is like, uh uh-oh. Do or die. But they didn't. Philly said, screw you. So... (laughs) Why trade, you know, why, why go from the east to the west? That, we don't like that. Anyway, Philly sitting at 15. They see Devin Lloyd off the board. And they're like, oh, 
Oh no. That was we were hoping he'd fall. But he didn't. So they're gonna they're gonna settle, and I say settle. But this man is my second favorite player in the draft, and he is heading to Philadelphia, Nicobe Dean. It's good fit. So now, New Orleans, they breathe a little bit. Woo. Didn't have to move up. It's all right. He still came to us. So they're going to sit there. And they're going to bring in a little bit of competition for Jameis Winston. Picking the most NFL-ready quarterback, Kenny Pickett. 17 Los Angeles Chargers. Now, I will say, New Orleans gambling with that pick, by the way. They're gambling. They got two picks. They have two guys on their their mind right now. One that they they uh, they can gamble like that. So they take Pickett, but the other guy they're gambling because the teams behind them also have a need at this position and could go that way. Now we'll see if it happens that way. <laughs> so the Chargers are on the clock and they're sitting there and they're looking at that same player that the Saints were looking. And now the Saints are, you know, again, a little stressed. Not overly stressed, but a little bit. The Chargers look at them. They fill out the card. But it's not for that player. They fill out the card for an additional wide receiver to give Justin Herbert some more weapons. And they draft Jamison Williams at 17. Whew. Boy can run. Boy can run. So it brings up 18. Philadelphia. And Philadelphia's looking. Same guy that New Orleans was looking at. Same guy that the Chargers were looking at. And they also go away from him. Because they start thinking. How much longer does Jason Kelsey have? Is he done at the end of this year? Is he done at the end of next year? He's getting up there. So they're going to grab a guy who they can play on that line, but also slide right into center with no problems. They're taking Tyler Linderbaum. Brings the Saints back on the clock. Again, they can breathe. They are just stress rising. I mean, that, that... that office is smelling like crap because of all the nervous farts. And I'll tell you, (laughs) (laughs) they can all breathe. They have a big exhale and it's just the coffee breath and the nervous farts mixing together. But you know what? They fight through it. They fill out that card and this man can stop sliding down the board. They take him at 19 Charles cross. Now Pittsburgh's up. They didn't get their quarterback. They didn't get the man that played in their stadium. They're disappointed. But they're not going to dwell on it. Right? They, they, they didn't get the quarterback. They didn't get him. That's fine. We're okay. We got Trubisky for a year, but you know what? We better protect. So they're going to draft this man who, again, just looks like he should be wearing Pittsburgh colors. Trevor Penny. The big boy. <clears throat> Brings us to New England at 21. And Bilicek 
you don't see him smile very often. But he's smiling right now, and he ran to the phone. That was weird because he's not real athletic anymore. So it was kind of like a, you know. More of a waddle. Stumble. Yeah, it's kind of like, a, you know, he was an oompa loompa, just kind of. <laughs> but uh, anyway, he got there, didn't pull a hammy, so he, he's feeling all right. And he makes that phone call. He lets him know, hey, buddy, we're taking you. And this is probably the biggest Bill Belichick guy he could get. George Karloftis going to New England. I can see it. I can see it. At 22, you know, Rodgers and Green Bay, that's been an up and down thing. A roller coaster of a ride. Drama, if you will. Just, just so much pouring out of Green Bay, you know. Do they make him happy? Do they just piss him off and let him walk? I think they're going to try to make him happy. Again, it's Bakhtiari there for a while. How much longer does he have in the tank? Long enough. They're going to keep him there. So they're going to go elsewhere, and they're going to go on the wide receiver route and give him somebody to help replace the boatload of receivers that they lost. So Green Bay's going to draft Chris Alave. It's a polished route runner for Aaron Rodgers. You know, Rodgers can put it on a dime for him. Absolutely. <clears throat> he can always use somebody he, he just knows for sure is going to get open. So, lost his uh, safety belt. Why not grab another one? Yep. 23 brings up those just disgusting birds that you just can't ever get away. They're actually really pretty. But... Not when they're in they Arizona. Stick, they just stick out like th- sore thumbs, don't they? I don't. <laughs> so Arizona on the clock. In Arizona, he's got a couple of different places they can fill right now. You know, do they protect Kyler Murray? Do they play the defensive side of the ball? Do they try to get that interior line built up? Could be, but no. Surprising pick from the Arizona Cardinals with a man who is not happy and a team who doesn't seem to believe in them. They are not going with a need. They are going with someone who can potentially replace and they draft quarterback Sam Howell. Wow. Wow. Okay. Big surprise, right? Big surprise. Twitter is going nuts. They are just Firing up a storm because guess what? That opens a trade for Seattle. <clears throat> Not that it'll happen, but that'd be sweet, wouldn't it? <laughs> 24, Dallas. Dallas is shook. They don't know what happened. Jerry Jones over there, he's like, oh my God, I'm going to have to fork out more money after, you know, that woman said I was the father, you know? <clears throat> Sorry, off topic. Anyway. He is going with offensive line help to try to give Dak one more t- uh, chance. He, he's he's going to take Ken Young Green. And that brings up Buffalo. 
Buffalo, and I've said this before with the Kansas City against Buffalo game, I think that's different if you have a team that's going to stop them on defense. So they are going in that route. They're going to put them right in the middle of the line. Jordan Davis fulfilling that middle of the line, eating those blockers. Or, yeah, eating those blockers, stopping that run, getting in that pass rush. You said screw my bold prediction. That's right. Tennessee on the clock. They're looking at a couple of different places. But Do they go with the surprise? That offense was big. That offense was big, even with Derrick Henry out. Derrick Henry was out, and they weren't as good, but they were still good. But do they go in a route to help Ryan Tannehill take a little pressure off of him? I don't know. I think they give him another weapon and let Drake London come and play alongside AJ Brown. AJ Brown. 27 Tampa Bay on the clock. I know Goatee knows where I'm going with this one, but if you've listened, you heard before. We still don't know what's going on with Rob Gronkowski. O.J. Howard's no longer in Tampa. What's going on with that ten, uh, tight end position? Do they wait to get to the second round? I don't think he's there at their pick. So they pull a reach. Trey McBride heading to Tampa Bay. He was, you've been consistent with that one. At 28, Green Bay back on the clock. Aaron Rodgers, pretty happy with the last one. I think he's going to be happy again because now they're going to address maybe Bakhtiari not being there for very long. And they're going to take offensive tackle Bernard Raymond. I actually uh, just learned that his his name is actually pronounced Hyman. Yeah, it's spelled with an R, so. It is, but he is Austrian. I did not know that it was pronounced Hyman either. I always said Raymond. Uh, brings Kansas City up on the clock with back-to-back picks, so I'm just going to rattle both of them off here for you. At least, I guess you could go whichever way you want if you want to try to get better, you know, uh, position out of them, I guess. Um, first one, they're going to get that elite shifty boy that I talked about earlier. They need somebody to replace Tyree Kill. I don't think he's going to replace him by himself, but he's going to definitely help. They're going to get that guy to get off the line. Sky Moore heading to Kansas City. Back on the clock. Again, going the same way that Buffalo did. You know they're going to meet up. So, instead of having that shootout, maybe get some stops. They're filling that middle of the line as well. Travis Jones, Kansas City. Putting a lot of Jones on the line. (laughs) Chris Jones. Travis, I see what you did there. (laughs) They're jonesing on that line. At 31, the Cincinnati Bengals on the clock. They can go a couple of different ways, but they brought in a lot of offensive linemen, and not just like depth. They brought in guys that are there to start. So I don't think they're going offensive line in the draft. If they do, great. Joe Burrow's probably thrilled. But I don't think they do. I think they go in their secondary. They draft the Florida boy, Kair Elam. And Detroit on the board. I'm sorry, on the clock, I mean. But this man was at the the top of their board for offense. 
Jared Goff their guy? I don't think so. Not long term. I think. I think they, their chance here, and they they go after quarterback Matt Corral. Well, that was a that was a very surprising, I think, um, mock. But I I definitely could see a lot of that happening uh, for sure. There's a lot of unknowns in this draft this year, which is going to make it more exciting um, to to watch because uh, you know a lot of times we have a pretty good feel of how how these things are going to play out. You're you're getting you're getting. Uh, ranges on these guys predictions where they're going to fall anywhere from three to 33 for some of these guys it's wild so um it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun and uh brandon lee well done well done um we uh we're going to see how it plays out for you tomorrow um we do have a little competition going uh where we're going to score our our mock drafts and that is why we didn't allow for trades uh, to keep it um, baselined for, for scoring. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get to my mock draft and see, uh, see, see what I got going on. See, see if we got some differences between me and Brandon Lee. You ready for that, Brandon? Are you ready to see? Are you ready to hear the real winning mock draft? Are you ready? I mean, I'm ready to hear how wrong your picks are going to be. Right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Now, you just heard the best. Uh, mock draft, probably the most correct and the most accurate, but we'll we'll give Goatee his chance. So, Goatee, let's hear what you got. Let's see how you're going to compete. I like your optimism in in your uh, in your mock draft. I like the confidence you have in it. And but you're wrong. You're wrong uh, as usual. You're wrong. Um, it's not going to be the correct mock draft because you're about to hear. The spot on, one hundred percent, one hundred. Okay, it's gonna be perfect. And we start at the top with the first pick, belonging to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brandon Lee said, "You know, a lot of smoke screens going on, and uh, ultimately he thinks Jacksonville takes the guy that they have liked all along, but he's wrong." He is wrong. They do take the guy that they've liked all along, but not the guy that the media is hyped as the guy they liked all along. Trent Baalke is general manager. He doesn't, he doesn't go, he goes against the grain. It's not his way to just pick the, the guy that everybody says is the number one player, right? It's just not him. Uh, He likes lengthy arms always has, and he likes athletes, but he likes, leadership in the locker room. He wants to change the culture in Jacksonville to be a winning culture, which means he's going to take Trayvon Walker, the defensive lineman from Georgia. He's coming in high character player, high upside, and he's going to play along that line with Josh Allen. And they are going to 
wreck havoc. Havoc and Duval. So that takes us to the number two pick. The Detroit Lions are rioting in the streets because they're just so happy that they're about to get their guy, keep him in the state of Michigan, Aiden Hutchinson, the edge rusher from Michigan. Probably the best player to start coming out, maybe. Well, maybe. But um, but the, they, the Jaguars went with the higher upside in Walker. The Houston Texans are on the clock, and they're looking at it. Okay, well, we got some options. A lot of options, actually, because our roster is uh, basically a high school football team. So we, we look across this, this roster, and we say, you know, Houston seems – they they seem they're saying all the right things at least to say that you know Davis Mills he's he deserves a chance to be the guy he played well last year he just had nothing around him um, so they're gonna they're gonna see okay well, we're gonna give this kid a chance well we gotta protect him we got Laramie Tunsil but Tunsil might be gone next year we got a guy that can slide in right now he can play tackle he can play guard and if we do lose Tunsil he can easily slot in at left tackle. We're taking the monstrosity out of NC State offensive tackle, Icky Aquanu. Yeah, big boy, big boy. So moving on to the fourth pick, the New York Jets say, "Wow, okay, well we got we got some options here, we got some options here." But like Brandon said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make this last any longer than it needs to. Like Brandon said, it's the perfect fit for these guys at number four, Sauce Gardner. From Cincinnati, they need some help in that defensive backfield. Robert Sala's defense gets a major, major force on the outside. It's good to see you fifty percent through four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were zero uh, percent through two. Um, so, <laughs> on to number five, the New York Giants with their first pick. This is where I think the first possible trade could could go down. Um, I don't think that the Giants will move out of this unless they get a a total haul. But if they stay put, they're looking at the board and they're like, "Well, we don't we we we're not sure what Carolina is going to do." So if we but we we know that they could look at an offensive tackle. That is a possibility for them. And the New York Giants are looking at this and they're saying, if we want to get the guy that we want, we need to we need to make sure of it right now. So they go with an offensive tackle. They do. And they grab not somebody you're expecting, I'm guessing. They'd grab Charles Cross, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State, at number five. There's a lot of talk that they really like Charles Charles Cross. He's a bet. He's he's the probably the most polished left tackle coming out, and if they feel more confident with Andrew Thomas playing on the right side, they can make two positions better by taking this one player. That, that's a good thought. That's a good way to look at it. So Charles Cross, maybe a little bit early compared to what most media outlets would say, but I'm taking him at five, and I'm I'm sureing up both sides of the line. We're protecting Daniel Jones, and we're going to get Barkley rolling again. Number six, Carolina on the clock. Well, we know that they've been very transparent about 
wanting to bring in competition, at least for Sam Darnold. Quarterbacks are all available. Every one of them. Carolina doesn't have another pick until the fourth round. So if you're taking your quarterback, you're taking him here. Except I'm the GM for the Carolina Panthers, and I say screw the quarterback position, okay? So the Carolina Panthers say, even if we draft a quarterback, we're not going to be a competitive team next year. We are We have a good defense, but we're playing in a, in a division that still has the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. So Carolina says, let's build that offensive line. Let's protect the guy that's going to be our future quarterback when we get him. And they take Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama. That's, a, that's an interesting pick. And, 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 you know, I didn't do enough diving down into that to actually understand that. But if Carolina does not have a pick after the sixth pick overall until the fourth round, maybe that's a potential trade placement. Too. Absolutely is. Absolutely is. Um, I think if, I think if they don't go with a quarterback, that is definitely a spot where they could they could trade down. Um, they need to they they have enough holes to where they need to acquire some more draft capital, in my opinion. And uh, they could probably find a team that would want to move up, and they could probably stay in the top ten if they if they move back. I mean, in all honesty, the way that your board has fallen so far. I would not be surprised. Now, it's not normal for them to do this, but I wouldn't be surprised if you saw the Seahawks move up for Thibodeau. It's possible. It's possible. Which brings us to the seventh pick, New York Giants' second pick. And this is where I do think the Giants look to move down. There's been a lot of talks that the Giants have at least, at least eight players that they really like, and they have a handful more that they'd be comfortable taking in the early first round. So if they move down, I don't think they move too far. I don't think they'd be willing to go past probably 13 at the most. Okay, so, but we're not moving down. We're staying there. And the New York Giants say, we got our offensive tackle. We solidified the line. We got to get after the passer. And we're taking Kayvon Thibodeau. Okay, got another one correct. <laughs> so it brings Atlanta on the clock. Another team that could very well be looking at a quarterback. Um, they could be looking at a few different positions. Um, but if you remember what I said in my bold prediction, no quarterbacks go in the top 10. That's my bold prediction. So you know I'm not going quarterback here. At number eight, the Atlanta Falcons select Drake London, the wide receiver from USC. Now where I thought you'd go, but... You know what? When you think about it, though, Atlanta, I mean, <laughs> off the top of my head, honestly, I can't even think of a, a wide receiver. I mean, they got uh, Zacchaeus um, and and that's and Cordero Patterson, if you count him as that. So yeah. that's that's about it. Yeah. So uh, and Zacchaeus is like five, seven. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll see. But no, Drake London, big bodied receiver. Uh you know, he's he's a stud, and uh, if that ankle's fully healthy, you, you know, Mariota's going to love him, and whoever ends up being the long-term quarterback there is going to uh, gonna have plenty of pass catchers with just London, Pitts, and Patterson. He, they're, they're, they still need to add some more talent 
to the receiver position, but they'll have they'll have weapons. Brings up. Well, let's just skip pick nine, right? No, we don't need to talk about that. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. Brings up pick nine, which used to belong to the Denver Broncos. Um, so with right. the, with the team that took over that spot, the Seattle Seahawks, they're looking at this and they're saying, "Okay, well, there's a couple couple things, you know, we kind we part part of us wanted, you know, maybe Thibodeau to to fall down a little bit further." maybe one of those offensive tackles to slide to us. Uh, but that didn't happen. It's a lot, a lot of buzz going on with the Seahawks and a certain defensive tackle. Okay. A lot of buzz going on there. Um, they, there's a lot of, a lot of love for this guy who's been creeping up the board and, uh, and very, very easily could be the pick here, but he's not, he's not. We're going to go on the defensive side of the ball though. And they're going to take cornerback Derek Stingley from LSU. Ooh, I'd be okay with that. Here's my thing, though, with Stingley and why I don't see that happening with Seattle. Um, what, if he makes it there, I, I would absolutely be thrilled that they took him. Um, but, I mean, they brought in Artie Burns. They brought in Justin Coleman again. They still have Sidney Jones. You know, I mean, they, they made some moves, and – Outside, outside of the number one corner, um, they just kind of throw anybody in there. So, don't get me wrong, though. I'd be thrilled. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. Obviously, it comes down to, to this pick being that Stingley is a potential can't-miss prospect. He's a potential all-pro. Uh, so, I think when you compare the two guys that they're rumored to like, um, that are available at that spot. I think that guy has the chance to be, I think Stingley has the chance to be um, more productive for for the organization. I can agree. I can agree. At a position that gets paid more too, so you're getting them on the cheap. That's true. That's very true. At number 10, the New York Jets are on the clock again, and I could see them moving this pick. Um, a, a team that I could see possibly coming up here would be the New Orleans Saints. Um, and, and another one that I could possibly see moving up to get in front of Washington would be Houston. But no trades. New York Jets stay still. They took Sauce Gardner earlier. They're going to try to help their young quarterback, second year, Zach Wilson. They're going to try to protect. No, they're not. They're not trying to protect him. Who, you, who am I kidding? They're trying to give him another weapon on the outside. They go with Garrett Wilson, wide receiver from Ohio State. You got you got another one correct. <laughs> At pick 11, I know I don't have this one correct. <laughs> the Washington Commanders are on the clock and they need they they need some help and some and some positions, okay? They they uh the defense could use some pieces um they, they lost Landon Collins, so there's a guy that could, you know, fill that role. They they have they could use another corner. They could use a linebacker. Um, but what what else do they need? They have Terry McLaurin, and they don't really have much else. And Terry McLaurin has a chance to potentially sit out. Um, he he says he's not going to, but if things go south in their contract negotiations, there's a potential that McLaurin maybe 
decides to uh, change his mind. And and if that's the case, they're in trouble. They don't have a lot more outside of him in, in the passing game. Carson Wentz com- comes in. He needs another weapon. Well, let's pair Ohio State receivers together. Terry McLaurin, meet Chris Olave. Sense. Yep. Sense. <laughs> Number 12, Minnesota Vikings. Now the Vikings, same thing. They they probably were hoping that one of those corners would slide. They're, they probably figured that Gardner would be off the board, but they were kind of hoping that Stingley would slide down to him. Doesn't happen. Don't really see a, a corner that fits the Vikings scheme here. I, I do understand you said Trent McDuffie and that that's very possible. Just the way I view the scheme, I don't know if he fits it because it's not Zimmer's scheme anymore. I got to remember. So um, so when I look at it, I say, no, there's no corner that we want to take here. There's a there's a couple positions we could we could help the line, uh, the defensive line. Uh, we could help the offensive line if we wanted to. It might be a little early. But you know what? They say we're kind of in a position we don't really know which way to go. So let's just take the best player on the board. Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame. It allows Harrison Smith, another Notre Dame safety, to be a little bit more rangy, play out in center field a little bit more, maybe not have to come down to the box. You let Kyle Hamilton handle that. He's younger. He can take the beating. You let Harrison Smith do what he does really well in ball hawk. Definitely makes sense. Like, I'm not against that. You're wrong. (laughs) I was waiting for it. So, pick 13 on the clock, the Houston Texans' second pick in the first round. This is another one where I think that possibility to move, especially if a quarterback is not gone by this point. Definitely could see a team coming up and trying to get ahead of Philly, the Saints, you know, um, Pittsburgh, those guys. Definitely see this being a hot spot for a quarterback. But no trades. So the Houston Texans, they already got their big offensive tackle from NC State. Now they're gonna they're gonna get after the quarterback a little bit here. They're gonna go with the Uber Athletic. Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Yeah, I think they'd be pretty happy with that. I would say so. I I think they they would be doing cartwheels in the war room. So number 14 comes on the clock, and does anybody remember what my lock was? Anybody remember that? I I do. You're wrong. So one of my locks was a certain person would not fall past pick 14. And I, I stand by this. This is I, I feel very, very good about this, that he will not fall any further than here. Baltimore Ravens at 14 take the monster Georgia defensive lineman, not the one that Brandon took, Devontae Wyatt, but they take Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle from Georgia. I know you said that that's a lock, but did you forget that I'm carrying bolt cutters? <laughs> Fair enough. So pick 15 on the clock here and the Philadelphia Eagles with the first of two picks in the first round, they 
look at this and they say, you know what? See a lot of receivers go off the board here. We we might want to take one here or we might miss out. But if we take this one that we really, really like, he might not contribute much this year. We might might have to start him on the pup, but God, is he going to be good once once we do get him on the field. The Philadelphia Eagles select Jamison Williams, wide receiver from Alabama. Not a bad pick. A little bit earlier than what he's actually going to be, but not a bad pick. Another one of my bold predictions was him going in the top 15. New Orleans Saints on the clock at 16. They have two picks as well in the first round. And they say, well, we have our pick of the quarterbacks, don't we? We got all of them still available. What do we want to do? Well, what we want to do is we look at our teams behind us and we say, well, I'm I'm not scared. I'm not scared of any of them taking it. So guess what? At number 16, offensive tackle Trevor Penning, Northern Iowa to the New Orleans Saints. Got to fill that spot that Teron Armstead left, and uh, I think I think Penning can slide right in and, and do a good job for them. Number seventeen, Los Angeles Chargers on the board, and they're looking around. They're saying, "Okay, well, we got we got linebackers that we could use. We got some corners we could use. There's there's a lot of a lot of stuff out there that we could do. But you know what?" Let's let's look in the mirror. Let's look at ourselves from last year. What was wrong with us last year? We couldn't stop the damn run to save our lives. Well, we're going to change that. We're going to bring in the other monster defensive lineman from Georgia, Devontae Wyatt. Pair him with Bosa and old E-Crap. Khalil Mack. And Khalil Mack, that's right. Yep. So that brings us to number 18, the Philadelphia Eagles' second pick. And they say, okay, we got our receiver. We got our receiver. But you know what? We play in a, in a division that now has Terry McLaurin, Chris Olave on one team. It's got CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup on another. And, you know, maybe the Giants add some, some weapons here. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to try to slow them down. We have Darius Slay. But we don't have anybody opposite him. Well, guess what we do now? With one Trent McDuffie from Washington. Wow, wow. I, I I like how you go. You know, oh well, we're in a division with you know Alave and, and Terry McLaurin and uh, and CD uh, Lamb and and Gallup. Well, and the Giants. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Right. So we're going to go on to the, the 19th pick here. New Orleans Saints are on the clock. The Saints, they say, well, guess what? We still got our pick of the quarterbacks. We still got all of them on there. Who do we love? Who do we love? We don't love any of them. We don't love any of them. We're not taking a quarterback. We're going and we're going to try to pair Michael Thomas with somebody else to give their our current quarterbacks some more weapons because Elvin Kamara, who knows what's going on with him. We're going to bring in Traylon Burks, the multi-purpose threat, and we're going to use him in all sorts of different ways. We watched what the Niners did with Debo Samuel, and we're about to do the same thing. I mean, they got creative with uh, 
Taysom Hill. So exactly, I, and I, I didn't see that they're going to play Taysom Hill as a tight end this year. Yep, yep. So he's a high paid tight end. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Next up, number twenty, the Pittsburgh Steelers on the clock. Pittsburgh Steelers looking at it and saying, "Well, hell." You know, we were looking at possibilities of not getting a quarterback to make it to us. We were looking at other positions. But we have all the quarterbacks on the board. Not a single one's been taken. We went out to dinner with this guy's whole family. Like, we know this kid inside and out. Nope, not the one you're thinking. But he did go out to dinner. They do know him inside and out. But it's not the one that plays in their stadium. Malik Willis, the quarterback from Liberty to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, um, I love that pick. Like I said, I don't actually think he goes there. Obviously, I have him in the top six. Um, but I think that is probably the best place for Malik Willis to be. Yep. I would agree. I would agree. Pick 21 on the clock, New England Patriots. And I've been pretty consistent with this pick throughout um, I think it's just a perfect fit. He reminds me a lot of like a Gerard Mayo, Dante Hightower, Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah. Chalk it up. Makes too much sense. If they don't go offensive line, this is where they're going, I think. I mean, if I, if, in mind, if I don't, if Devin Lloyd gets by Washington and gets by Philly, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I think I think he gets taken early on. Fair enough. Pick I, one. I can see Philly going that route. I don't see. Eh, I don't know. I can see Washington doing it. I don't think they will. But uh, man, it's just up in the air, isn't it? <laughs> so pick twenty-two on the clock. The first one by the Packers. Packers, like we talked about, like you talked about, got to keep Rodgers happy. You got to. Got to refill that receiver room. Brought in Sammy Watkins, but that's not enough. They brought in Sammy Watkins. Well, they must like that name, huh? Because now they're going to bring in Christian Watkins, wide receiver from North Dakota State. They like, they're they're a team that has a a certain idea of what they like with their receivers. They like big-bodied guys. Watkins is a big physical receiver. Throw him out there. Let Aaron Rodgers do his thing. But what you didn't realize is he's going to fall into the second round and Seattle's going to take him. So <laughs> fair, fair enough. Not, not fair. Um, Arizona on the clock at 23, Arizona looks at it and says, you know, we do have a quarterback that who knows what's going to happen. We do need a receiver. We, you know, we lost Christian Kirk, but we lost a guy that's a lot more valuable to our team. In my opinion, basically makes the team go on one side of the ball. And he went up to Las Vegas. He's he's here. He's here at the draft. He's he's down the road. Okay. And they say, well, we got to get some pressure off the edge. We got to we got to get some pressure off the edge. And we see a guy that, you know, maybe maybe doesn't have. Excellent athleticism, but this kid goes. And he gets after the quarterback. We're taking George Karloftis from Purdue. Well, crap. (laughs) 
All right, I'm going to make one more pick, and we're gonna, then we're going to have to take a quick break, but we'll be back, and we'll, we'll wrap this thing up. 24, Dallas Cowboys are on the clock. Dallas Cowboys, it's no question that they, you know, they lost Randy Gregory. They really wanted to keep him. They lost him. So they really need another edge presence. And I don't think they want to play Micah Parsons as a defensive end full time. I think they want to keep him at linebacker. So I, I, I've flipped on that a few times, but I, I think ultimately that's where they want to stay. And you know what? They said, we had some good luck with Penn State and Micah Parsons. We did. We had some good luck. So we're going to go back there. We're going to go back to the Big Ten. We're going to go back to Happy Valley, and we're going to take a super, super good player, super solid off the edge, twitchy, quick, high motor, Arnold Ebicady from Penn State. You better not. You better not. (laughs) All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, wrap up the last picks, starting at 25 with the Buffalo Bills. All right, we're back. And we left off with pick 25 in the mock draft here with the Buffalo Bills on the clock. The Bills are a they're they're a tough team to predict. Tough team to predict what they're gonna do. They don't have a lot of holes. They don't have a lot of holes. But one thing that stood out and it was pretty glaring during the playoffs is after they lost Tredavious White, they had trouble stopping teams on the outside. They need some more corner depth, in my opinion. So, you know, the Buffalo Bills go out there and they say well, we want to find a guy that's kind of physical, can play in a in a, in a pinch. You know, well, we, we don't want to play in a pinch. We want him to play on the outside, be productive. Um, we just want some physicality. We want a guy that, you know, can just cover a receiver, keep him in front, and let our safeties, because we have very talented safeties, do what they do over the top. And in a short area, I think this guy can do it. I know I talked about him earlier not being – high on my list, but Kair Elam from Florida to the Buffalo Bills. I think that is the greatest cornerback in this draft, specifically because he came out of Florida. (laughs) So, next up is the Tennessee Titans at pick 26. And what are the Titans going to do? So, if you've been following the podcast and our draft specials, you know I've been throwing a little bit of a curveball at this pick, okay? And I still think that that could very well happen. I do. I think it can happen. I think it would be a smart pick by the, by the Titans. Not this time. Not this time. Nope. This time, I'm throwing you a different curveball, okay? What are the Titans like? I like the... They like to smash on the ground. They like to run. Derrick Henry like to pound the ball, you know, and that's why in the past I've mentioned that I think bringing in a second horse in Brees Hall would be really, really helpful. But you can build on the offensive line too, right? You can you can build an offensive line and really just smash it down their throat. 
but you don't do that either. So you could you get a pretty strong front seven, and you could you could go in the defensive backfield. Ah, you're not doing that either, man. Oh, but wait a minute. We brought in Julio Jones, and he kind of sucked. We could add a weapon with AJ Brown, but we're not going to do that either. What are we doing at pick 26, guys? What is going on? Listen, listen. The Titans have a very simple philosophy on offense. We run the ball. We play smart. We don't turn the ball over. And we let our defense keep us in the game. But you don't do that either. Ryan Tannehill is probably gone after this year. Because his tag number would be ridiculous if you were to keep him. And I don't see them signing him to a long-term deal. And there's a guy who is pro-ready right now to step in next year, still on the board, Kenny Pickett to the Tennessee Titans. I see your face. (laughs) (laughs) Too bad they didn't fill out the card. So, (laughs) you were waiting. You were waiting. (laughs) But they didn't get it in in time, and they got skipped in Tampa Bay. (laughs) No, Kenny Pickett to the Tennessee Titans. You know, he can play right away. So, if something happened to to Tannehill, you could could slot him right in. But he's ready to go. Surefire, ready to go next year. And, you know, I don't think that team really loses much from having Pickett versus Tannehill. So. change in that offense and i don't think it's anything that's difficult for him to handle that's right uh, that's a really good place for him if he gets there i know that's why i put him there yeah. it's not gonna happen it's wrong <laughs> <laughs> all right so little curveball there right little curveball so pick 27 is on the clock tampa bay buccaneers you know this team pretty strong team has a couple of spots where they could they could build up a little bit. Um, they brought their quarterback back, which is the biggest part, right? Um, like you mentioned, you know, tight end could could be in play, could be in play. I don't think it is here, but it it could be in play. Um, I respect the fact that you stayed with it the whole time. That's uh, that's that's very very uh, respected or respect respected by me, I should say. Um, and we'll we'll see if that happens. I. I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't think it's going to. Uh, defensive side of the ball, they could use another corner. They were a little weak after getting all banged up there. They could also use somebody along the defensive line after it looks like they're not going to bring back Sue. So, but they don't. They don't. Okay. There we go. Because, and I've heard you've heard me mention this off of air before, but. They have a really good linebacker core, really good duo. But Levante David is a free agent after this year, and he's up. He's about to be 34 years old going into next season or into the following season. They have Devin White, who will be entering his fifth-year option. They're going to have to pay him, so they're going to want somebody cheap beside him. And this guy could slot right in and fly all over the field and make tackles. Nicobe Dean, linebacker from Georgia to Tampa Bay. 
actually really like that. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. He's gonna. He's not gonna go there. <laughs> I, I I would hate it too, but yes. <laughs> so pick twenty eight's up on the clock. Green Bay Packers second pick. Uh, they already took Christian Watkins. You know, sticking with the Watkins wide receiver room. Um, and at twenty eight, they very well could go receiver again. Very well could. They could go offensive line, like you suggested earlier. Um, you know, they, there's a, there's a few different spots that they could go. Uh, if they're not committed to Jordan Love, quarterback could be in play here. But they're not. They. I'm watching a pattern here. <laughs> they are going to go to the other side of the football on defense, right? And they lost. Zedarius Smith in free agency, right? They have Rashawn Gary. They have Preston Smith. But they need a little bit more something in the rotation, you know? You, you want to have more than just a couple of pass rushers in case, uh, in case you come across some injuries. I talked about this guy earlier. I really like him. Quay Walker, linebacker from Georgia. I think in the 3-4 defense that they play, I think coming off the edge, like I said, the guy's got no quit. He's got a high motor. He just goes. And I think uh, if you coach him up a little bit, could be a stud. I mean, Rashawn Gary kind of reminded me of the same same kind of thing coming out. Um, not quite the high motor that, that Quay Walker has, but I think Walker could be a really, really good player in that defense. Yeah, no, I, I like where you went with that. And mentioning Rashawn Gary, too, there was a different player that I had in mind um, that I thought you were going to go and, and put him in there, too. And that was originally what I was going to do with Green Bay. But man, I don't know, the way, the way I had my board fall, I kind of had to go elsewhere. But. And I've, I've heard some rumblings that Quay Walker is, is being, you know, talked about as possibly a first-round pick. And I like him. So that's why I put him in mine. So the guy I was thinking at uh, Green Bay second pick there, um, maybe Ojabo, you know. Yeah, it's just all – the only reason I didn't take Ojabo, and he very well could still go in the first round, Achilles injuries scare me. And he just he just tore his Achilles in, was it March, I think. So um, that scares me a little bit. And that's yeah, all, that's the only reason I think it's project too. Yeah. So. so no, but he's he's absolutely a very talented player. If if healthy, he's probably gone before this pick on the board. So. Yeah, absolutely. So now we're to the Kansas City back-to-back picks, twenty-nine and thirty. I've been consistent in this pick all along as well. He's Tyron Matthew Tyron Matthew Jr. Dax Hill. Michigan guy can play friggin' everywhere on defense. Um, and he would be a stud special teamer for you if for some reason he didn't work out on your defense as a starter. But this kid, play him anywhere. He's going to make your team better. And and I think he's a – he there's it's a seamless transition from him – or from Matthew to him. Uh, little drop-off. As, as far as, you know, experience, but uh, similar player. And then pick 30, like you said, they got to 
they got to find a replacement for for the receiver they lost, right? They brought in Juju. Oh, well. Um, I don't think that does a ton for them. They need a guy that is sure-handed. They need a guy with some quickness. Um, they have a tendency to like the smaller receivers. And I know you talked about Sky Moore, but I actually I think they go with a guy that's just a little bit, a little bit more polished, a little bit more pro-ready, in my opinion. And they go with my guy from Penn State, Jahan Dotson. Yeah, I wanted to put I wanted to put Dotson in there too, but I'm holding out hope that he falls to Seattle. <laughs> now, last time a Penn State uh, receiver fell to you, it didn't work out so well. Um, for those that don't, that's Deion Butler. But uh, anyway. Oh yeah, nothing now. <laughs> uh, pick thirty-one, Cincinnati Bengals, on the clock. Like you mentioned, you know they spent a lot in free agency. They brought in three starting caliber players and will be starters um, with Lael Collins, Ted Karras, and uh, and uh, Alex Kappa from Tampa. So they've definitely improved the line. Still could improve the line more if they wanted to. Um, I don't think that they do. I don't think they're going to invest a fourth offensive lineman this high in the draft. I do expect them to draft an offensive lineman early, just not here. Because you look at the other side of the ball, and one of their weaknesses is, you know, Eli Apple was like their top corner. That's terrifying. (laughs) He played good football, but... That's terrifying. Eli Apple's just, he's not that good. Okay. So um, you got to find some more help on the outside. And there's a guy I really like. He's been climbing up my board for a long time. Probably heard me mention him a little bit in the past. But it's the other Husky from Washington, not Trent McDuffie. It's Kyler Gordon. I, I like that kid. And I think he would be a good fit with Cincy. Wow. He's not one that I thought would slide in the first round, but I could definitely see that that happened. Yeah. I, I've liked him throughout the process, and uh, if you've if you've um, followed my mock drafts prior to us doing these specials, I actually had him in the first round almost pretty consistently. So um, I moved him back up, and I think he's a good fit with Cincinnati. And then finally, wrapping it up, pick thirty-two. Definitely think this is a trade-out spot. I think some a team will try to come up, maybe even in front, maybe maybe to like one of Kansas city's picks um, to try to get ahead of Detroit, maybe. But I think a team comes up to get a quarterback here. And if they don't, and Detroit stays at 32, if they're going to take their quarterback, that's where they got to do it. You get your fifth year option with that, with that pick. So I've, I've battled back and forth on who the lions would take at this. I want to put the other guy on there, but I, I just, I can't convince myself. It's Matt Corral to the Detroit Lions at 32. I really, really wanted to put Desmond Ritter there. But I think the fact that Corral is just better at progressing through reads um, doesn't play in a pro-style offense, so that might make, might take some time. But they have Jared Goff. They don't have to rush him. They can they can coach him up. And I, as much as I like Desmond Ritter, he's got a little bit more wear and on the tires. You know what I mean? He's, 
Corral has gotten beat beat up a little bit because he's a smaller framed quarterback, but Ritter has played. He's a four year starter, and the man's you know he's got a little bit more wear and tear on the on the tires. So I go Matt Corral, and that wraps up my first round. Not bad. So most are wrong, but it's not bad. So now that you've heard the perfect mock draft, um, you guys don't even have to watch the draft tomorrow. You know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> no, no. Um, I appreciate you, uh, you know, letting everybody know that after you know going through my mock draft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. We'll see who wins tomorrow, huh? We'll see when we grade these things. But, uh, guys, it's been fun. We hope you enjoyed the draft special. Um, we're looking forward to tomorrow night. Ready? I, I probably won't sleep very well tonight because I'm going to be excited for it. Um, hope you guys have fun. Hope you guys got some information out of this you find helpful. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Adios. Peace.